0: chitter-chatter and babble about about the Billikens with all these postponements and delays and games not being able to be played or knowing if they're going to be played and all that good stuff. So I'm glad to be able to come back and give a bit of a special episode between basketball games to talk about some other Billiken athletics that are in the news of major sports and deserved a little bit of coverage. Today we have Travis Clark from topdrawersoccer.com. He is an expert in all things amateur soccer and -and up-and-coming soccer. He's going to talk about his mock draft and about the MLS draft coming up and where four Billikens sit. You might have seen the mock draft on Twitter. Four Billikens are expected to be drafted. Three having Generation Adidas contracts signed, including the number one pick. So he's going to give us some context on that and get us prepared for that happening on Monday. So here is Travis Clark now. Now welcome on to Billiken Babble. Our new friend Travis Clark of Top Drawer Soccer. Travis, how are you doing today?
1: Pretty good, Carter. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Now, Travis is one of the premier voices of amateur, youth, collegiate soccer in the country. Travis, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you and Top Drawer Soccer do?
1: Yeah, I mean that that covers a lot of it. What we do is cover, as I like to put it, elite non professional soccer in the U.S. So, um, college, college recruiting, club soccer. We do a little bit with youth national teams, prospects. One thing that I like to tell non-soccer, not to differentiate between non-soccer, but people that aren't as familiar with soccer and what we do, is we're sort of like the soccer version of rivals. And for you know the football and basketball fans out there, that gives you a little bit of a better understanding. So there are player rankings, um, you know, variety of college stuff. You know, we our most popular time of the year is college. So, uh, and then obviously the draft and MLS and NWL. So. It's a lot of stuff, and I try to do our best to give people an understanding of, like, who the next you know, up-and-coming players are, really.
0: And you do a great job doing it as well. Earlier this week, you reported that, amongst others, three Billikens will be signing a Generation Adidas contract with the MLS. Can you help us understand who those players are and what that means for them?
1: Yeah, so it's, there's a, a complexity to it. I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible, but... Unlike the NBA or NFL, you as a, a college soccer player cannot just declare for the draft. The way MLS is structured, the way it's worked for a long time is the you know, sort of the up and coming underclassmen players that aren't academic seniors have to be approached. And, you know, whether it's through an advisor they're working with or work it out with the league to sign a deal, um, you know, it's a guaranteed contract. In order to be eligible for the draft. So, you know, if you're a promising freshman, sophomore, junior, you can't just say, hey, I, I'm going to be in the MLS draft. You have to go through this process because I, I guess it's one of many intricate rule, rules that MLS works with. And you know, I guess the idea is that they're not bidding against each other for college players, but, you know, that's a whole other thing we don't have to go down. So, anyway, three players from St. Louis are entering the draft via this mechanism. And one other thing to note is that MLS is a single entity league. So all contracts are, you sign all the contracts with the league directly. And then you're, you know, you obviously come to an agreement with a team. So for the case of players going from college into the MLS draft via this mechanism, you have a guaranteed deal. You know, usually it's like three years plus a couple of option years with the league. And then whatever team drafts you, that contract kicks into, you know, kicks into being with that team, if that makes sense. So enough teams have expressed interest and said, hey, I'm going to draft this guy. And there's sort of, you know, there's roster protection. There's sort of other nuances about these players that also are are part of the deal. So it's kind of investing in players they see as both prospects and, you know, development pieces, I guess.
0: And so in this, they are committing to be professional athletes. This is them being drafted to be pros and moving on from the college game.
1: Yeah, they they sign a pro contract, they leave school, they've signed with an agent and won't be able to return. There are instances where, you know, John Klein is an example where he is, a, you know, locally for you guys, he is somebody who's an academic senior and in theory could be drafted, but I know he's already expressed that he's going to be back at SLU in the fall of 2022. So an MLS team could draft him. His situation is a little bit different because he won't have signed anything prior to the draft. So clear as mud, right?
0: Yeah, it really is kind of confusing, but it harkens back to a day in which you had to be a graduating senior to move on to the professional ranks. It's not like you could declare early. This is a player graduating and then goes professional. Whereas the other players we've been talking about, the Generation Adidas players, they're special because they get to leave early. That's the special exception.
1: Yeah, and I I, there's a lot of confusion with this due to the COVID-19 situation, offering an extra year of eligibility for a lot of these players too. So as I'm kind of going through my draft prep, the guys that actually signed the Generation Adidas ones are the easier ones to figure out. I believe Simon high uh, could play another year as well, mm-hmm. but I believe is also academically a senior, so he'll be eligible for the draft, if I'm not mistaken. So those four guys are likely to be picked pretty high in the first round.
0: We're here with Travis Clark of Top Drawer Soccer once again. Travis, in your recent mock draft, which has gained a lot of attention in the St. Louis area especially, you have four Billikens going in the top 15. Those three Generation Adidas players in Kip Keller, Isaiah Parker, and Patrick Schulte, and then the fourth player being, as we just mentioned, Simon Betcher. Can you help us understand for those who who might not, including myself to a certain extent, uh, what that would mean being drafted? So, for example, Kip Keller going number one overall as your mock draft projects. Would that mean that he goes to join, uh, in this case, uh, Charlotte FC right away? Or would it be more like Major League Baseball in where they go to the minor leagues and work out for a little while?
1: So he would be part of the roster for Charlotte FC, you know, there's with the way the MLS draft is these days, uh, you know, there's been a a whole development of MLS academies and homegrown systems. So players, you know, can train like a a Charlotte FC, for an example, can has its own academy teams that they could train and sign players from, but, you know, that's kind of removing the college route. These guys, part of the reason they're involved in the draft is because they don't have that MLS homegrown rule kind of, I don't want to say hanging over them, but that's sort of the way it works and the way MLS tries to sort of navigate the, the multiple rosters. So, you know, in, in the hypothetical example, example, Keller would be on the Charlotte first team roster. Now that doesn't mean he couldn't be loaned out to a lower division team for to get extra game time, to get more experience. You know, Patrick Schulte is a goalkeeper, right? He's unlikely to jump in right away and start as a goalkeeper. So whatever team picked him would either... Uh, you know a lot of a lot of MLS teams have started doing a a similar version of what major league baseball and having a single sort of reserve team to get some of these young player minutes players in their academy because there's all these other rules where you know elite prospects in high school can actually play as amateurs in professional games in the USL championship and USL league one which are lower division soccer leagues so you're not playing in MLS per se but you're getting a chance to play against more experienced, more physically developed grown men. So, uh, you know, in in that case of Keller or Schulte, they they could end up maybe not playing in MLS this year because they're still sort of that prospect, that up and coming player, but they'll be tied to that team and that team will be looking to develop them and make the most out of them because it's worth also mentioning that two players who entered the league via Generation Adidas and the draft after playing a year or two of college soccer Tejan Buchanan and Daryl DK have both recently moved abroad to Europe. And, you know, there's now, you know, not that's not going to happen extremely often, but it's worth pointing out that, you know, that's the kind of prospect that we're talking about here. So it'll be interesting to see how things shake out.
0: Tejon Buchanan, of course, a star for my team, Canada, who is taking on the United States later this month, trying to qualify for the World Cup for the first time in a very long time. And he just got sold to Club Brugge. So that's very exciting. Now, Travis, we don't have a whole lot of time here before I have to let you go, but I wanted to get your opinion. This seems extremely rare, having a program like St. Louis having four players taken in the first round, and it seems like what you're saying, based on the homegrown rules, it's extremely rare to have any program have four players taken in the first round. Is, is this kind of groundbreaking in a certain sense?
1: Yeah, it's over the last decade or so. It's it's extremely rare, and part of that is you can allude to the MLS homegrown rule, where a lot even some of the players that have played four years of college soccer, their sort of their professional rights in MLS are held by that team that trained them at, in, in the, at the academy level. So, mm-hmm. a couple of examples, not in not oh well, St. Louis has an example. The right back Mujib Marana played at the Houston Dynamo academy team before joining SLU. So. In theory, Houston could approach him and say, "Hey, we watched you in college, and we want to sign you to our team." I don't think that's going to happen. I believe he has a year or two left, but mm-hmm. you know, his exam- There are many of examples like that at major college programs. Ten years ago, that wasn't ex- the case. So, I believe in the 2010 or 2011 draft, and Akron had three or four players picked very high in a draft. But you know, depending, no matter what happens, it seems Lewis poised to really uh, break ground at least in terms of sort of recent draft history. The the thing that's also worth mentioning is a lot of what college teams have done to cope with the absences of players is to bring in international signings and international players require international roster spots. Those are normally saved for the sort of the big money signings in MLS. So there's, mm-hmm. there's just a little less smaller amount of domestic players available. And that's one thing that's sort of unique about this slew group as well, is that they're all American players. They're all promising young players, and they don't have that MLS homegrown affiliation that would keep them out of the draft normally.
0: That has been Travis Clark of TopDrawerSoccer.com. You can check him out on TopDrawerSoccer and on his Twitter account, Travis M. Clark. Thank you so much for being with us today, Travis.
1: No problem. Anytime, Carter.
0: Thank you again to Travis Clark of TopJorSoccer.com for giving us that excellent look at some of the intricacies and the nuances that come with the MLS draft and what our Billikens can expect to have once they get drafted sometime next week. And I'd imagine, based on how highly they're ranked and and what we're expecting, especially the Generation Adidas players, they're going to get drafted really high. There's no other reason for them to be Generation Adidas players unless they're getting drafted extremely high. And hopefully we have some more of them picked up I know he mentioned, you know, Simon Betcher. he's not a Generation Adidas player, but he is expected to get drafted. John Klein might be able to get drafted. And then I thought something interesting that he said, he talked about having players with uh, homegrown rights. And in the Studorando article for the Post-Dispatch, he mentions that Kevin Kalish talked about having potentially more than one more players selected uh, for contracts through that homegrown draft system. So I put together a list of players who could get drafted, or who I guess "drafted" isn't the correct term, who could sign their homegrown deal, and so they there are, by my count, in addition to the four players looking to get drafted, there are six players who have homegrown uh, eligibility rights, and that includes Mason Leith, Patrick Wilkinson, who are both, and Grant Calvert, the freshman goal tech goalkeeper, who all have homegrown rights with Sporting KC. You have Muji Marana, who is a property of the Houston Dynamo. You have Chandler Vaughn, who's who's involved with DC United. And Alex Schernberg. he is property of the New England Revolution. So there's lots of guys' potential with Major League Soccer coming up here shortly. I was speaking with a member of the Billiken Athletic Department, and he mentioned that the first ever draft pick in the MLS draft was a Billiken, and that's Brian McBride, who has obviously gone on to great things in American soccer. And it'd be kind of interesting to see that the next major draft pick in the MLS that the Billikens get is number one, and we're all hoping Kip Keller goes number one. That would be very excited for him and very excited for everyone in the department. So thank you so much for listening to the special edition of Billiken Babble. We will be back this weekend as the Billikens go to St. Bonaventure, New York. Yes, it is St. Bonaventure, New York, not Olean or Allegheny. There is a post office there. It is St. Bonaventure, New York, to take on the Bonnies as they get back to A-10 conference play after beating the Richmond Spiders to open the season. So thank you. Rate, comment, and subscribe. Let me know what you think. If you got any thoughts, send me a DM, and we'll talk about them on the show next time. Thank you so much.